Let the dogs out. This is spoilers. Spoilers. Let the dogs out. Let the dogs out. Such a strange musical choice. If this movie was 18 years older, that might have landed better. <laughs> But people still use that song, like, a lot more people than you'd think. Is it become, like, ironic? Do people or do children's movies <laughs> use that song? Because it's a fun song to, like, shake to. That's true, <laughs> That's I guess. About it. Oh, I just imagine little children losing their minds uh, watching this movie. But I am your host, Stevie, and today we are spoiling The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, exciting times. And um, let's see here. Let's go Isis to Weestus. And who would you want to see in the Santa Claus outfit that hasn't donned it before? Ooh, dang. Put me on the spot. Uh, oh, this is Brett from Fort Wayne. Oh, man. Um, who's some of my boys? Uh <laughs> I don't know Christian Bale. I don't. I don't. I can't think of anything. <laughs> yeah, that's that'd be awesome. a real classy Santa, and he would gain all that weight. You know he would. Oh yeah, for sure. That'd be amazing. <laughs> no CG, no FX. He just nope. straight up becomes three hundred pounds. Thanks, Zach. Next. Yeah, man. All right. Who do I want to see in the Santa suit? Um, first thing that came to mind is Chuck Norris. I want to see Walker, Texas Santa up in there. <laughs> Roundhouses, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd say probably followed closely by John Cena. I think a John Cena Santa movie would be a lot of fun. That would be a fun Santa. I could see that. I could. You can't see that. <laughs> I'm waving my face in front oh, yeah, of the microphone sure. for the audience at home. But uh, no Josh tonight, uh, which is weird. Uh, Christmas spirit. He was on the first Christmas Chronicles. He brought out the last second. He's been busy working on the Clone Wars podcast, so he's taking the night off. But this is Pappy recording from Louisville, Colorado. Uh, I put us on the spot, Stevie. I'm going to go with um, Michael Shannon. Uh, uh, you stole my pick. Bad Santa. But I want sad Santa. Like, this is just like, this is Santa, but he's just like an alcoholic. He's kind of like at the end of the line. Like, things aren't going so well. His wife leads him. It's called Bad Santa. Directed by Jeff Nichols, though. So it's a little different. It's It's brooding, intense Santa that is going to be such a violent build that he's just going to explode in the third act. Also, it's directed by Jeff Nichols, so the government is definitely (laughs) the bad guy in the movie. Very staunch. Some persecuted Santa. <laughs> oh, Pap, you took my pick. I can't believe that. I'm sorry. Yeah, bless America. I know, but Michael Shannon's my pick for so many things. Um, let's see here. Jake I... Gyllenhaal. You say Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, or Anthony Daniels, you know. Oh, God. No, Jake not wouldn't... Anthony Daniels. Not joking, Anthony joking, joking. Daniels. Oh, man. Oh, man. I would like to see Nick Cage uh, do an attempt on Santa. Okay. Genius. I I think it could land. I think the chemistry he would have with little CGI elves would go a long way. (laughs) Like, really? I I think he would just go for it. Like, much like Kurt Russell in this movie, he would just go for it. Oh, man. It could be. Would you want it to be like a meta movie, like Saint Nick Cage? 
or like a real movie. Oh, Saint Nick Cage is such a good title. Saint Nick Cage really is. Starring Nick Cage. Starring Nick Cage. (laughs) As a stapler. (laughs) Oh, well, let's dive into this movie. And much like last time, it's one of the first things I ask. And I kind of want to get your guys' vibe on this. Um, Zach, you were on the, the first one. I don't think you gave it favorable, favorable reviews. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's aspects I liked about it. I loved Kurt Russell. Like anytime Kurt Russell was on the screen in both the first one and the second one, I was absolutely on board. I think, I think for me, my, uh, hopes were really high because of Chris Columbus, uh, being involved in the first one. And then, you know, he obviously directed the second one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Home Alone is one of my all-time Christmas favorites, so I was a little a little biased. I was, you know, kind of comparing it to <laughs> my head, which is, you know, it's a tough, it's a you know, it's a tough uh, act to follow for sure. So my question to you is: outside of Kurt Russell's Santa, who just plays, I think, the best Santa of all time, was there any aspects of this movie you really liked? Uh, we're, all right, so we're talking about the second one now. Yes, we're talking about the second one. Yes, um, a lot actually. I really enjoyed a lot of it. Um, I loved Santa's Village. I thought it looked really freaking cool. It was magical. It was awe-inspiring. I loved. Uh, I loved all the like Christmas lore that they had, like showing like Saint Nick on his first Christmas and having like the Christmas star. Um, and then, you know, traveling all around. I thought that I thought that it really had a more epic scope in the second one. And I, you know, I enjoyed it a lot for sure. Fantastic art direction. Fantastic, yes. like production design, like everything about Mrs. Claus's village, as it's, I guess, to be called now, uh, looked terrific. Really, really like that. Absolutely agree. The Christmas spirit was very strong. Yeah, I really liked the North Pole and like Pap said, Mrs. Claus's village. Um, Brett, I'm going to kick this one to you. I felt like the Pierce's storyline was heavily wrapped up in the first one. Um, yeah. Did you find it absolutely necessary to bring them back? No, definitely not. And I didn't, I don't know if I actually, I don't know if I thought that until I read Pappy's review like five minutes ago. I just was (laughs) like, I just kind of like assumed it was going to happen. And then like reading Pappy's like, why, I I don't remember exactly what he said, but something like, something was it necessary i don't remember what you said but yeah it was a huge mistake something to that effect. <laughs> yeah i mean like you could have gone somewhere else i mean you didn't need that it just kind of made the story long bloated i think the i know pappy's gonna rip on him but i think the story with uh what's his name julian dennison ricky biker bell snickle's gonna be was enough to go on i didn't think you needed all that other stuff but i don't know maybe they wanted a little well, know. it's like any one of these subplots could have been the movie. You know what I mean? Like any her, one of them. Her meeting her dad, <laughs> her accepting Roman Pierce as her new stepdad, her mm-hmm. uh, like her, her, like Santa going back in time, a Santa origin story, or the Ballsack guy <laughs> story. Like any one of those would have been better <laughs> than like what we what we got, which is a mishmash, hodgepodge. It's Roman Pierce, by the way. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Tyrese Gibson from The Fast and the Fierce. He is working his way up to spoilers charts and uh, <laughs> Kurt Russell. But Stevie, did you like Julian Dennison? Now three movie clubs in this movie? <sighs> Bell's it's Nickel? It's so hard for me to rag on him because you know I love me some Hunt for the Wilder people. Mm-hmm. And I just thought he absolutely crushed it in that movie. 
and <laughs> I feel like the internet is being so mean to him. Um, I'll say this. He... I don't think he wrote Belschnickel's lines himself. Mm-hmm. And no. I, I don't think the director did him any favors. Um, I just... I don't know. It wasn't the greatest performance. And it was just like... I mean, we've talked about this before, Pap. It was the exact same character as he was in Deadpool 2. Brett, we reviewed that movie. And then I, don't, I didn't like him in that movie. If I recall, I don't think we disliked him, but we were just like, yeah, he's not, it wasn't nearly as funny because we did it after we did Wilder People. He was less natural, like the lines were a lot more forced. I know what you mean, though, about the director not doing him any favors, like the fourth wall breaking stuff, like she's perfect. It's such a creepy and weird line and the fourth wall breaking so jarring at that point, like I... I don't know. He might just be kind of a one-hit wonder with Ricky Baker in Hunt for the Wilder People. I don't... He's got one upcoming movie that he's going to ruin, uh, King Kong vs. <laughs> Godzilla, and then maybe we'll be done <laughs> with him forever, but... I don't know. I, I kind of like him, to be honest with you. I can't help it. Even in this movie? Yeah, I mean, I I think Zach and I are going to be the ones that are tooting the horn for this movie, because I, like I liked most of everything we're going to talk about. Yeah, I mean... Again, it's hard when you see him, like Stevie said, in Hunt for the Wilder People, where he's just like so natural and so awesome. It's like the movie was written for his skill set. And then yes. then it's like Deadpool 2. It's like, yeah, he's funny, but they're trying to give him like Ryan Reynolds lines. or And then this one's like trying to tame him down. I don't know. I mean, it's, it was a little unnatural, but I don't know. I just... I like him. I love the New Zealand accent. I mean, I can't help it. He's weird. He's in a weird like age, like a tweener age where he just looks weird. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. He, he looks kind of awkward. There's something awkward going on. There. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I like how you brought that up, Brett, because I mean, in a lot of movies, it's really important. Like if a movie's going to have a villain and not like a time limit or an idea be a villain, it's like really important for that villain to be really good. And as I don't want to rag on him, I feel like he was heavily miscast or heavily like not written correctly for this movie. Cause I mean, a lot of the time he didn't even feel like a villain. So for the, the audience at home, if you haven't seen this movie, it's kind of a, like Satan cast out from Prodigal heaven Son. type story. Yeah. Like, right. Like he's, he, he was so Kurt Russell rescued a bunch of elves and then this elf got super jealous and now he turned into a human because he broke what? the three rules. He broke the three but, rules. But why a human? Why? What? <laughs> Being a human is a punishment, apparently. Yeah. But yeah. he goes to start the his own like technological base kind of right like that was really underdeveloped like flies around on drones and he possesses time <laughs> travel technology like what the fuck and he like uh he like bred hybrid animals and yeah he's kind of impressive oh yeah the weird hyena like dog creatures those are jackalotes jackalotes i mean they look like the thing like they look like something out of a tim burton movie if it was claymation Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if if you put the Jack Lodi movie, like if you put the Jack Lodies in a Tim Burton movie, it makes perfect sense, and no one would blink an eye. Um, Brett, 
Yeah. <laughs> you seem to really like this movie a lot. Um, wow. Did you, I guess you could say, like the addition of kind of like the stepbrother storyline and how, mm. I guess you say, underwritten he truly was outside of like the action scenes? Jack, the brother? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that whole thing was kind of underdeveloped. I think we kind of talked about that earlier. There's a lot of storylines going on and I guess he was going to be the one that was going to take the brunt of not getting... I mean, he didn't have much of a arc except for he wanted his sis- future sister-in-law, future sister to like him. I mean, I thought he was kind of funny, but yeah, underdeveloped for sure. I didn't have enough time to go around to all the storylines ahead. Yeah, I mean, Zach, do you think it would have helped if we had kind of like the familiarity of Teddy instead of uh, like the new stepbrother? Yeah, I agree. I think it was kind of weird that they just gave Teddy the shaft and he was just the Yes, big time. I think it was uh, I think it was the Chronicle So White hashtag. I think that's what it was. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I mean Jack, you know, like I'll, I'll be honest, I was really skeptical when he first popped up. I was just like, oh great, you know, like they're they're ditching one of the you know original characters for this new little yes. kid. What's up with that? But I gotta say, I kind of found him a little bit in more endearing as time went on. It's just kind of like Brett said, they they just didn't really give him enough screen time to develop him. I kind of feel like they should have either just stuck with just Kate or have Jack take over and like be the new kid star of the movie just mm-hmm. to like give them more time to develop the character. Cause, cause you know, like you guys said, there's just so many different threads, so many subplots. It's like, you know, and not to, not to compare everything to home alone, but like I found myself thinking a lot about home alone, both of it being you know, Chris Columbus directed film and like in home alone, it's all Kevin. You've got yes. one kid, you're following his arc and you know, the, he's like the audience surrogate. You're seeing the events through his eyes. And, and it's like in Christmas Chronicles too, there's just so much jumping around between all these different characters. It just doesn't like have the same emotional weight if they just would have scaled it down and focused on just Kate or just Jack, in my opinion. Moreover too, Zach, it's like in Home Alone, Kevin McAllister, uh, Macaulay Culkin, that kid was a star. You know, like oh, he's yeah. one of the biggest yes. child actors of and all best. time. And best. And, and, and yeah, curious. Truly best. And the movie has the right focus. Like this is why I say like to anchor the movie and apparently, the the Christmas Chronicles franchise, like in the Pierces, is mm-hmm. such a hu- it's such a huge mistake because no fucking buddy cares about them. Even if you, even with like Tyrese Gibson, no one cares about them. Everyone, <laughs> every single person who watches Christmas Chronicles watches it to see Kurt Santa. Russell as Santa Claus. A hundred percent of the people, and so, so that. He should be the focus of the movie. We should just, this should be a new kid. This should be Jack's story. Now we got to fix Jack's bullshit. You know what I mean? Like his family drama. That's what Santa does. Like, it's such a mistake. Do you think, uh, since the whole thing with Bell Snickel was an elf that got got jealous, do you think it would have worked if it would have just been like another, maybe two elves in the, in the forest and didn't have to have the, the pierces at all? And, like they got jealous. He got jealous of those two. I don't know. Like, like they obviously needed help. They needed someone to help Mrs. Claus, and mm-hmm. they need someone to go with Kurt Russell. Like, could it have been like two random elves that they spent some time on? Or do you think it had to have been people? That's an interesting idea. Like having having two elves that were like more distinct. Like, hey, 
we're going to take two elves and make them like, you know, recognizable characters. Yes. Like, and maybe it became like his protege after Belsnickel left or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting idea. I actually like that idea. They okay. should have done that. Counterpoint, have you guys seen the movie Minions? Yes. yes. <laughs> not horrible. I, I don't I'm not a Minions hater, but like I I am. I mean it's like 90 minutes and I have like 45 m- minutes of Minions max in me and it's kind of like the <laughs> same don't, thing. I don't have 45 seconds, man. Like I didn't I cannot stand them and I don't know. I've never seen any of the three movies or the Minions movie. I just cannot stand them. So Well, like, to I, me, I, the I get elves your point. Are, the elves are very similar, right? Like they I get your point. Yep. They have their own like language and like even like kind of like their mannerisms and like like partying to who let the dogs out is a very like minions <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. You're right, you're right. That's actually a really good point. Actually the plot of Despicable Me Too is the another bad guy turns the minions <laughs> bad against them, almost exactly like what happens <laughs> in this movie. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, this movie borrows a ton from other movies across the board. I mean, even going to straight down just the Christmas spirit part, um, it borrows yeah. heavily. Do you, you think that the screenwriter thought that that scene with the dad was so good that he had to shoehorn the pierces into it? Like, you know, you think of an idea and you write something around it. Maybe. Is it so good, though? No, but I'm not, I'm not saying it was or wasn't. I mean, I thought it was cool, but like the odds of it are... Not, I think they should have had something like Santa sent themselves there and acted like they were in trouble, but he just did it because he knew they were going to be able to go back in time and the time wasn't an issue and he wanted her to meet her dad. But yeah. instead it was like, oh, Belsnickel sent them there and they only <laughs> had 12 minutes. I mean, I I think with that, it's just kind of like almost it's too much. If I think if it would have been like Santa organized that to happen, then I think it would have been a lot cooler. I still like that stuff. I, that stuff has a lot of heart. I like yeah. that kind of stuff, but it was corny and it didn't like make like the odds were pretty crazy that that's the one they went to. But, you know, whatever. It's a movie with Santa Claus. So D- does is Santa calling the shots? Because he's like, I don't know. Maybe it, it's all a coincidence. Kind, like, I mean, like, that's the whole first movie, too, is the exact same shit. Like, that's kind of like, what I thought. But then I read like I was reading up on it and this said something like Bell Snickle sent him back there. But, yeah, I thought that he maybe sent her on a wild goose chase to get the batteries. He said, you know, we only have 12 minutes, but like I was thinking that he didn't mean any out of it. But if so I read quick, correctly, it, it was Belsnickel who did it, but I, who knows? I don't want to bury the lead in that scene though. Stevie, do you like the back to the future? It's like, cause like, uh, okay. I, I'll to, for the audience real quick. They go back in time. Her dad in the first movie was a firefighter who died and like that's the st- that's her brother's arc in the first movie is kind of like getting over that and like now she's going back and seeing her dad as a child in 1993 because she's the one that can't get over it because no, her mom's yeah. moving on yeah 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 the first movie is kind of more so of you know how can how am i supposed to enjoy christmas or have the christmas spirit when the person who enjoyed it the most isn't here right and you know, this one's more so of I feel like I'm betraying my dad, uh, and I don't know how to move forward. I That's don't so like. Cliche. I don't like Back to the Future type time travel uh, in movies. I'm more of a fan of, you know, if it's happening now, it's already happened. Um, but mm-hmm. I will say this: as many shortcomings as this movie has, 
I love coordinated dance numbers with music. <laughs> I wish it was a rule that they had to be in every movie somewhere. I absolutely loved the airport dance and like song number. Well, you can look through any window. You see a great big beautiful world. There's an exciting adventure waiting for every boy and girl. But Sam alive can be frustrating and very confusing too. That's why when you see a With Darlene Love, she's a, a legend. Sings the best song on the Phil Spector uh, Christmas album, Baby Please Come Home. <laughs> She's got a lot of good songs. She rocks. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been in an airport around Christmas time, but it is... Nope. It, it's pretty dreary. It's bleak. Oh, yeah. Uh, flying around Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, it's it's bleak. Was that like a Home Alone reference with the woman screaming at Darlene Love? Like, I need a flight back to Chicago now! Or something. Oh, man. It did have a... Oh, I don't know if I picked that up or not. Because, yeah, it's like Chris Columbus, Chicago, and everything. I wasn't sure. That's interesting. Where was John Candy, though? <laughs> hmm? That would have been great. What was the... To have, like, his band show up? That would have been fun. <laughs> Polkas! Yeah. Was yeah. it the Kenosha Kickers or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. What were you going to say, Pap? I'll, I'll say this. I don't know. Like, the song's fun. We got a Kurt Russell song with Steve Van Zant in the last movie. Apparently, that, like, tested well. Or Kurt Russell, like, demands <laughs> that he has a song or something. But, like... Contracts. Like, we got Darlene Love, man. Like, one of the most legendary Christmas singers of all time. Like, can't can't she just sing the song? And, no. And Santa's just, like, pulling shit in the background. Do we need another Santa Claus wearing sunglasses I, doing I a jam? I think Stevie can answer that question. Yes. Like, saxophone, no less. I mean, this movie isn't called the Darlene Love Chronicles, Pap. True that. Fair. <laughs> it's called the Christmas... Best Santa of all time chronicles. That's exactly it, what it's called. It's exactly what it's called. And I, I don't know. I just, I love the music in the first one. I really like it in this one. I think it actually outdid the first one. But, um, Zach, I have a question for you. Since there's so many storylines in this movie and kind of, you know, they could have made any one the main one, which one would you have gone with? Oh, man, that is super, super tricky. Um, I mean, I feel like, okay, having Bell Snickle just, I don't know, I feel like every time Bell Snickle was on the screen, I lost interest. I just wanted more Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. (laughs) So I would definitely say not the Bell Snickle one. I don't know. I mean, like, the whole, like, losing the Christmas star was cool. I just mm-hmm. maybe would have preferred there be a different, like, you know, kind of uh, gimmick to make that happen. And I don't know, kind of kind of like what you guys were talking about earlier with, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm still undecided if, if the going back to 1990 Boston Airport was, like, you know, a good thing to do. Like, her meeting her kid dad, I don't know, like... There's something kind of touching and sentimental about it, but also a little bit weird and forced. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really difficult question, man. I, I, th- I feel like I just have to go back to the drawing board and spend some serious time reworking the story to figure <laughs> out which of these, like, 17 different threads to go with. Um, but can, can I can I ask you this? Because you guys were talking about uh, Kurt Russell, best Santa Claus ever. I found myself actually thinking that when I was watching. I was like, is Kurt Russell the best movie Santa Claus that there ever has been? I'm like struggling to think of a better Santa Claus. I think so. I, think so. I mean, Tim Allen as Santa Claus was super, super fun. And, and you know, he had charisma. Uh, 
But man, Kurt, Kurt Russell, I just feel like every time he was on the screen, I was just like, dude, he's like the glue holding this thing together. Like it was, he's super charismatic and entertaining as always. We have a podcast coming out on the Big Dumb Movie Network on the Tim Allen Santa Claus. <laughs> and I'll definitively say that he is not better than Kurt Russell at being Santa. Um, Fair enough. I don't know. Like maybe a couple of those miracle there's been two miracle on 34th street ones right like uh-huh. maybe one of those santas like required more of a dramatic quote unquote performance but no kurt russell is my favorite on screen santa like by far i think his energy yeah he's got the twinkle in his eye he's got the the christmas spirit <laughs> like when you see him on screen you actually like believe him that he's santa like Kurt holds like no punches when it comes to this character. It's full on. I am Santa Claus and just letting it all out on screen. It's so much fun to watch. It really is. It seems like he wants to be there and it seems like Goldie Hawn wants to be there. You know what I mean? And I think you can really freaking tell when people want to be there and don't want to be there and they both want to be there and it just shows. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. So like, you know, uh, Kurt Russell worked with John Carpenter on a lot of movies and like he, uh, one of the first movies they worked on together was a made-for-TV Elvis movie where Kurt Russell played Elvis. And I remember reading this interview with John Carpenter where he basically said that like he was just floored at Kurt Russell's like natural charisma. Like he didn't have, he barely had to prepare for his roles. He just, <laughs> he just like turned it on. It's like flipping a switch. He just became Elvis. And I kind of felt very much like that with Santa. Like he just had this natural charisma. I think he's like one of those one in a billion, you know, actors who just has this natural charisma that just lights up the screen. And so like, you know, you got somebody said earlier, like, should the movie just have focused more on Kurt Russell as Santa? And my thought was, yeah, probably. Like it probably it probably should have been more like, you know, Tim Allen's the Santa Claus where like Tim Allen as Santa Claus got the majority of the screen time, you know? Mm-hmm. You know I feel like, you know, perhaps that would have been a better way to go with with you know Christmas Chronicles two you know cut out one of the kid characters minimize Bell Snickles scenes have yes. more Russell I think that would have been the way to go for sure. Speaking of Bell's Nickel, you mentioned it a few minutes ago. I I don't think I I fully fleshed out like his his story. So real quick, I said he's a fallen angel from the North Pole. He's gone to the South Pole. <laughs> he's but <saying>. like his <laughs> his plan, like the linchpin of the movie, is he's gonna steal a fragment of the star of Bethlehem, which is in the North pole from which Santa draws his immortality. He's going to take it to the South pole. And and he's, he says this in the movie that his plan is just, this will buy him time to figure out how to be an elf again. Like Mm. what? What? Yeah. A little too complex. Too confusing. Do you, Brett, do you like the uh, inclusion of some like, more religious Satan imagery? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like not Satan imagery, but I mean, start of Bethlehem. Imagery. It's not sec. It's it's gone out of the pure secular realm at that point, right? Yeah, I was actually surprised. I remember thinking this is it was more quote unquote religious than I thought it would be. Um, but I mean, you said earlier it's a lot of parallels to you know Lucifer and the fallen angel and going down south and stuff like that. So. It's a lot of, I mean, it's definitely a lot more religious imagery than we get in most movies these days. So I just really don't want to breeze over the fact, like Stevie, what? That's a Stevie question. What is the fragment? Like, how did the elves get the fragment of the Star of Bethlehem? I think that'll be more explained in Christmas Chronicles three. 
Um, <laughs> okay. I think there's a ton of lore there. But I've been kind of beating my head against the wall thinking about, you know, if you're really going to flesh out this story and you want Kurt Russell on screen as much as possible and as hokey and derivative as this sounds... Um, I think the way I, I think you keep the Bell Snickle story that kind of worked for me. Me too. The Bell Snickle story worked for me, and so I think you kind of keep the whole jealousy became a bad elf, ended up becoming human and left. And I think if you put in something such as like we need this, but only Bell Snickle can do it. All we know is uh, the city that he lives in, but we don't know what he looks like. And Santa goes to hunt for Belsnickel, like in New York City or in Chicago, and you try to mend the relationship through a Christmas movie like that. I think that works. That's a great idea. That sounds great. And is Julian Dennison still Belsnickel in this movie? I think you have to make it an older person with their own family. Okay. Now it sounds fantastic. Like, I think that, I think Belsnickel, like, it's almost like Hook. Like, Belsnickel, like, almost, like, the further away he got from the North Pole, the more he forgot he was an elf. Mm. And, you know, he could be like a Christmas cynic at this point. He and he has have. his own family, and this guy shows up, and he's telling him, like, I need you back to the North Pole. And he's like, dude, what are you talking about? I have my daughter's ballet recital. Like, get away from me. Like, that's how you could mend it through that. You know, Stevie, instead of getting Tyrese, you could have gone with another... Fast and Furious, you could have gotten ludicrous, and you could have called it the Ludicrousness Chronicles. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, Brett. <laughs> that is good. Ludic- Thank you. Uh, that is really good. But, um, yeah, the movie ends kind of in a hokey way, which is Kate's okay with Tyree singing her dad's favorite Christmas song now, and we get a Merry Christmas in the Sky. Um do you guys want to see a Christmas Chronicles 3? And if so, what do you want it to be about? Anybody have any good ideas? I got one. Um, it's called the Christmas Chronicles, right? Like, we got to we gotta get rid of this fucking Pierce family. Like, yeah. yeah. What, what you could have done, I was very interested in this Santa origin story, maybe even. Like, I, I think you could even have it as simple as if we want to have Jack, if we need to anchor to the previous stories, Jack shows up and it could literally just be Mrs. Claus reading him one of the fucking Christmas Chronicles and have it be an adventure of Santa at some point in time. It doesn't have to be yes. in the United States. It could be Santa's origin story. It could be it could be in the United States, but it doesn't have to be in modern times. Like you have all of those books right there. You have all of the Chronicles right there. Like just open it up and have super fun with it. This is going to like put the focus on Kurt Russell. Like get away from this, like, Santa solving this Pierce's family drama every Christmas. It's tired. No more. I mean, it's gonna, I like that. It's just, it's not gonna, there's not gonna be any real danger, anything bad happening to Santa, though, because you know it already turned out all right. Santa is the most plot armor of any character in the history of characters. He's only <laughs> died saying, in one movie, but in this, the Santa Claus. In this and, one, <laughs> in this one, they almost lost Christmas, and they almost lost true. his home, and... I'm just saying, I mean, it, it could still be really cool. I'm just saying you're taking that element out. But you could have other people who are 
you know, other people who get killed or whatever. I don't know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but yes, I do want to see one, and no, I do not have another idea. I just thought of an idea. I don't know if it's a good one, but I'll say it. <laughs> I like um, it. Yeah, I think, I think you know, I would absolutely love to see a third film. You know, I, I you know, Kurt Russell, again, I feel like I've come to the conclusion he's my favorite, you know, uh, cinematic Santa, so I would absolutely love to see him again. If there was a solid idea, if there was, you know, a script that justified there being a third one. All right. So a random idea that popped in my head, uh, Santa training his replacement. Um, you know, so like, let's say, let's say, let's say that the third one was wrapping up and that they decided, hey, you know, Kurt Russell decided, all right, I'll do one more, but this is going to be the last one. I would say they'd have to have some really charismatic, you know, kid or young adult actor. And it would all be about, you know, Santa training his replacement and i really like the idea of like seeing another you know ancient christmas chronicle story somehow tied in like who knows maybe the movie could start like seeing santa like you know on his first uh, or second christmas or him you know building his shop in the north pole or something you know um so yeah i don't know just uh that's something that kind of came to mind um Uh, i I, I really oh go ahead no i think we should do a gender swap a movie. girl Santa? Christina, Christina Miss, Christina Miss Chronicles. <laughs> it worked for Ghostbusters, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, total. Yeah, there you go. And it's, it definitely worked. Uh, and Mr. <laughs> Claus is the one who stays at home and, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know why when you were saying that, Zach, like, uh, I think Chris Pine would be a good next Santa. Like, I love Chris Pine. Interesting. He's always good in everything and he can grow a killer beard. So I'm. I think he there might be go. good. That's an important quality for the Chris role. Pine would be a good one. Or Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the Christian Bale too, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god! What if the next movie is like? At some point, there were multiple Santa Clauses, and like it's like, <laughs> oh. what's this book? And like that's the Civil War Chronicles. You're not ready for that. Oh no! Tell us. It's just like. <laughs> Multiple people vying for immortality for the star Happy. of Bethlehem. It's Christmas yeah. Chronicles three into the Santaverse. Yeah, there you go. Nice. So everyone we just named who's playing Santa. You're um, welcome, I, Chris Columbus. I definitely want to see a Christmas Chronicles three, but I don't want to see it at the North Pole again. I'd rather see it in a, like a major city or even a small town, uh, just to give it the more Christmas feel. Even though this one was in the North Pole. Um. Before we get to yes or no, does you guys have anything else you want to add? Yeah. Did, did it seem like the budget was bigger for this one? Because I, I gotta, I wonder, like with computer-generated stuff, is it more impressive or less impressive? The first time I saw the elf in Turkey, I said, that's got to be Malcolm McDowell. Like, is that a good thing? Does that mean it's good animation? Or, I mean, it's got to be, right? If I noticed that that was Malcolm McDowell. I think so. It definitely had a bigger budget. Um... I think that was like, you know, expressed in like, you know, the first one, they shot it in like fucking like a restaurant in like New York or probably LA or something, right? Like it's a different than doing it in a green screen and yeah. like creating the environment. True, like, true, true. Plus it did really well. So yeah, the first one did really well. So they had extra money, I'm sure. This was still in the Netflix top 10. Um, but kind of along those lines, I, my only final thought, Stevie, was there's, well, there's a line where one of the reindeers gets hurt and they're down a reindeer, and Santa's rationale is that uh, we're going to need all the weight we can get. You better come too, Kate. Like, the reindeer can barely make it. 
And then fucking Balsack the elf is like dangling off the back of the sleigh the whole time and no one notices this extra weight. But my yeah. note was on, there's a super close-up of the reindeer eye oh, and it's like one yeah. of the creepiest shots in the whole movie. I don't know why they do it. I hate it so much, but it's in that part. My wife just like, we literally just kind of looked at each other with like, what the hell was <laughs> Very strange choice. So creepy. It was. And hey, speaking of reindeers and creepy, um, I don't know about you guys, but I was a little bit shocked when they showed the Yule cat, uh, you know, attacking one of the reindeer. Because like, yeah, it show, yeah, it shows them fighting and it did the classic like Disney thing where they showed the shadow projected. Yes. On the wall. I was just like. Oh, you've got to be shitting me. That reindeer, <laughs> kill a reindeer. They're going to kill a reindeer in a kid's Christmas movie. This is fucking insane. <laughs> and well, they didn't kill him, but he got horribly injured and it was extremely sad. I was just like, dude, they went there. That's nuts. <laughs> kind of blew me away. Would have been cool to see like a David Cronenberg version of this where Santa's <laughs> like, okay, Kate, you can stay at the North Pole. And he like transforms her into a reindeer. Like, slowly go. and painfully. That's why he keeps her out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Good, good times. All right, uh, let's get into yes or no's. <laughs> Zach, you're the guest of honor. Let's start with you. Sure thing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Uh, despite the flaws, you know, that we discussed, I still think there was a lot of good, you know, Christmas movie in there. Um, and again, if nothing else, you know, it's worth it's worth the price of entry to see Kurt Russell as Santa. So I'm going to give it a solid Very yes. True. Uh, Brett. Uh, yeah, I gonna give this a solid yes i mean i liked most of the storylines i we didn't talk at all about them sprinkling crack all over the the elves and i mean that was crazy uh elf bane just kind of a forgotten story i don't know uh kurt russell's amazing uh yeah the pierces were shoehorned in there for some reason but yeah this is uh definitely gonna go if wifey's up to it in our christmas rotation good deal paps this is a hard no, dog. <laughs> I didn't like the first one. I don't like this one. And, like, I, I tweeted something about this, and I, I, my sister actually just liked it, so it flashed up on my screen, so now I'm kind of thinking about it. But it's like, maybe it's just my personality where everyone's like, oh, you should see the Christmas Chronicles because you get to see Kurt Russell as Santa. But when I look at the Christmas Chronicles, I see them wasting the best Santa I've ever seen in a movie on like really trite subplots that are largely lifted from other movies and we're focusing on a family who's not Kurt Russell who last year it's like it last two or two years ago 2018 we had a podcast on this and we're like man we all agreed those kid actors were terrible and they bring all of them back and they add a worse <laughs> kid actor on top of it which is just <laughs> To, to Stevie's point, he doesn't write the lines, but you know what? He delivered the lines, and unfortunately, he just was in a bad position for him. Not Jillian Dennison's best work. I, I really think, after, like, I mean, like you said, Stevie, people are mean on the internet. Like, no one is saying anything nice about him. So I, I don't want to like, pile on anything, you know, you know, personally about him. He's 18 years old. He's got a lot of time to have his career ahead of him. But I hope he gets out of the role of like uh, abandoned character character with abandonment issues right mm -hmm. he's three for three on those it's time to move on let's see what else you can do julian um and let's see what else you can do christmas chronicles franchise i'm not giving up 
I'll see the next one. I'll pot on the next one. I hope Zach's there. Uh, one of the best and most eclectic guests resumes in the history of spoilers of Suspiria <laughs> and Mandy and Christmas Chronicles. But, but this one's a no for me, Stevie. Hard, hard no. Hard no. Wowza. Hard no. Man. Hey, man. I can I can relate. I was I was really disappointed in the first one. So I can same. Uh, I think it was that. my only my first no. I think was the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and it sucks because I wish I wish both the first and second were just a slam dunk. Like I wish it. I wish they were like Home Alone level, Elf level, where you're just like this. This is a beloved Christmas well, movie. That everybody agrees it's fun. Kurt Russell is elevating the material around him so much like what if he didn't have to do that and like the material was just good like think yeah. about how good of a movie it would be if that was the case so, yeah. sorry Stevie um man oh man I was so excited for this movie um I'm gonna give this one a soft yes yeah uh oh. I'm gonna give this a soft yes um Man, the Pierce's story storyline just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, I don't know why they were shoehorned into this movie, but I still think, to Zach's and Brett's point, there's still a lot to like. I enjoyed the CGI. I love the elves. I love the look of the North Pole. Um, and all the interiors look great, too. And Kurt Russell is the greatest Santa of all time. I mean, like for the rest of my life, I'm just going to be like, yeah, Kurt Russell is the best Santa. I mean, he exudes that role so well. Um, I prefer the first one just because it was smaller, and I think it hit a few more heavier notes, uh, which I think is necessary in most Christmas movies. Um, but that's what I hope to see in Christmas Chronicles 3, just kind of a more heavier, somewhat dramatic movie. And I know they're kids' movies, but if you watch Finding Nemo... That is a very well-written drama wrapped in a kid's movie. So I know they can do the Christmas Chronicles. Great point. Um, so I will give this a soft yes. Christmas Chronicles is surprisingly favorable on aggregate now between the two movies as a franchise, and that just makes me so disappointed <laughs> <laughs> as, as a person. <laughs> it's gotten more yeses than noes, for sure. Oh, man, oh, man. Well, folks... Thank you for listening. Uh, I have a blast talking about Christmas movies, Kurt Russell movies. When you combine the two, it's just magic. Um, Pap, what do we have coming down the pipeline? I'm glad you asked, Stevie. Uh, Coming down the pipeline, we have the finale of The Mandalorian. Um, And then, I I don't know, might be kind of a grab bag. At the end of the year, we're really working hard on getting the Patreon up and running uh, a whole clone wars podcast we'll be waiting for you at any level that you choose to donate if you want to l- listen to that along with some exclusive interviews with directors that stevie and i did uh and then the lord of the rings the two towers uh podcast series will be coming out uh probably over the course of a week rather than all in a day we might change that up a little bit but look for that in 2021 already uh also zach anything that you want to plug or talk about like i said you're, you're one of my favorite guests in the history of spoilers especially just because you, you can pod on anything and it's a good podcast which is always nice thanks hey man i am i am honored thank you so much for the kind words um no man i don't have anything to plug i just want to say you know thanks for having me guys i'm feeling really feeling the christmas spirit um it was an absolute blast 
Um, let me know when you guys are doing a Nick Cage movie sometime. I'd be happy to oh, join. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one thing before we go. Last thing I want to add. Uh, if you're a fan of Nick Cage and you haven't seen The Family Man, that is a banger of a Christmas movie. It is. It's been a long time, but... Watched it yesterday, still a banger. It's so sad. Nice. Yeah, it's been years since I've seen it. I'll have to check it out again. All right. Well, thanks for listening. That was Spoilers. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, Click on our Orange Spoilers Bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. was spoilers.